said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today is the day that Trump is going to go to New York, and tomorrow is the day he's going to get arraigned. And so he is firing up the jet, Trump won, and he says, I will be leaving Mar-a-Lago on Monday at 12 noon. Heading to Trump Tower in New York on Tuesday morning, I will be going to, believe it or not, the courthouse. America was not supposed to be this way. That was his truth that he posted not too long ago. And, you know, someone, Benny Johnson wrote, Donald Trump was indicted before anyone on Jeffrey Epstein's client list. Let that sink in. Hmm. Yeah, those are all things worth mentioning. Adam Schiff, meanwhile, falsely who falsely acclaimed for years to have evidence that Trump stole the 2016 election by colluding with Russia, is fundraising off the political prosecution of former President Trump. Ultimately, those with wealth and power must be held to account for the rule of law to truly matter, he said especially if they can use the influence to tear down our faith in the justice system. Donald Trump will finally have his day in court. Of course, you know, they're quoting Nancy Pelosi, who basically said that Donald Trump can prove his innocence. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to prove he's guilty, not the other way around. And Barry Weiss in the Mueller witch hunt also did the same thing. He needs to prove his innocence. And for four years during the Trump presidency, our justice system was flipped upside down. And now that it's in the hands of a rogue government that won its election based on voter fraud, and we know it because there's no way that Joe Biden could get 81 million votes, and that Trump was up in every poll in every key state where he was competing until 3 a.m. happened, and then the voting system shut down 
and there was that weird count in the middle of the night where all these ballots filled out and collected by ballot harvesters run by the Democrat Party came up with enough ballots to steal the election. And how they're doing it is is something we have to address. The first thing that has to happen is we need to ban ballot harvesting in every state. And the federal judges need to get involved with this. And I know that they have states' rights, but somehow along the way, that's got to be deemed unconstitutional. Because politicians are no longer appealing to voters, they're appealing to ballot machinery. How can we get the ballots out there? How can we pick them up and how can we fill them out and how can we drop them off? That's not an election. And there's a big case. There's a big case in play right now. I said this is a big deal. Masked mailed ballots and illegal ballots picked up, filled out, and delivered to drop boxes over the course of 30 days by ballot harvesters lack one thing. What do they lack? They lack signature verification because the ballot harvesters don't have a signature to even compare to. And again, they're using this CBP-1 app to collect the data from all these migrants that are coming illegally through the border using a concierge system like a Ticketmaster, like Holly said. And they're coming in and they're taking these databases of names and numbers and they're registering them to vote on these online registrations. Anytime you see an online registration, you got to know that there's a bot associated with that that's filling them out and entering them into a registration database that's eventually going to be the work product of a ballot. And that ballot is going to get mailed off to a certain address And that address is going to be visited by a ballot harvester who's going to pick it up, who's going to fill it out, and who's going to drop it off. Take a duffel bag full of ballots and just dump them into a drop box in the middle of the night to be counted, not before Election Day, but after. This way they know how many ballots, illegal ballots, they need to use. And they'll use just the minimum amount of ballots, just the just enough, just enough to win. And you know, in some cases, the only thing they have to worry about is having more ballots than registered voters, and we've seen that happen. And that happened because of this process. They didn't even have enough. I mean, that's when you can say that Trump broke the algorithm. But there's no way that a guy like Joe Biden can turn out more than, say, 50% of uh, turnout. I don't think a Joe Biden gets 50% turnout. But according to, you know, the results, he's getting like an 85, 90% turnout of Democrats. That means that all the ballots are really being picked up and delivered for these people. It's like a concierge service for ballot processing where people go door to door and say, can I have your ballot? But that's really the small, that's the, that you don't see that. That's not happening in droves. That's not happening everywhere. Nobody came to my door. 
No, the way it's really working is they're being dumped off at a warehouse somewhere that we don't know about, that they're picking them up, and they're sitting in a room filling them out all day long. And that's how it's being done. Different pens, different ink, different whatever. But the signatures aren't matching. That's the biggest problem. The ballot harvesters couldn't possibly know what the illegal migrant's signature looks like. Okay? And that's why this is a big deal, this thing. It says, I said this. I said, this is a big deal. Mass mailed ballots and illegal ballots picked up, filled out, and delivered to drop boxes over the course of 30 days by ballot harvesters by ballot harvesters, lacks one thing, signature verification. Which is why the SIG verification threshold Katie Hobbs oversaw in Maricopa County was set to, get it, wait for it, 10%. 10%. 10% threshold match. Arizona Supreme Court sent this case to the lower courts for litigation. So, John Solomon's outfit, Signature, uh, just, just the News, uh, just came out with a report on this and said, Signature verification software used by Maricopa County says 10% is high confidence match. Maricopa County has contracts with Runbeck Election Services for, versus, uh, for Veris Pro Signature Verification Software. So it says, with Kerry Lake's legal complaint uh, alleging systematic signature verification failures in Maricopa County, remanded by the Arizona Supreme Court to trial court, closer examination of the signature verification software used by the county reveals a strikingly low threshold for signatures to qualify as high confidence matches, which means they get counted. Since falling about seven... 17,000 votes short in the 2022 Arizona gubernatorial election to Democrat Katie Hobbs, who was also overseeing the election, never, never, no, no doubt. I mean, we saw that. Lake has continued, Carrie Lake, has continued to contest the election results in court, arguing that there were ballot chain of custody and signature verification issues in addition to the thousands of Republican voters disproportionately disenfranchised on Election Day because of the uh, the uh, printed size um, on the on the printed ballot that didn't work in the machines and that would then require a personalized touch from a Democrat. When voting machine errors occurred in nearly 60 percent of the voting centers in Maricopa County, 60 percent. Lake has requested that the election results be invalidated or that she be declared the winner. Last week, the Arizona Supreme Court remanded Lake's claim, alleging massive signature verification failure to the trial court, ruling that because Lake is challenging the failure to adhere to current policy rather than policy itself, her suit was not filed too late as the lower court had found in dismissing her case. The former candidate must establish that votes were affected 
in sufficient numbers to alter the outcome of the election, based on competent mathematical basis to conclude that the outcome would plausibly have been different, not simply an untethered assertion of uncertainty, the state's high court ruled. So according to the 2020 emails between Maricopa County officials and employee of the county's election technology vendor, Runbeck, the election firm's Veris Pro application for signature verification ranks signatures matches on a scale of 0 to 100, and 10 was good enough. Wow. So this case is going to court. Maricopa County won't admit to using the software, but the contract contracts show it does. So this is going to court. And I think this is going to be a, a game changer. And no one's talking about it. To me, you, know, you you've not heard the Scott Adams show talking too much about these election issues. Because, you know, unless we can we we there's a, a path to victory. It's almost like a waste of time. But this is not a waste of time. I think this I think there's a clear path to victory here. And if this happens, then this is going to be an unprecedented situation. There's no way to to uh describe where we go next. You know, given the delays, but I I believe there's I guess there is some precedence in elections being overturned six months into someone else's term. I think that there's been that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you have Adam Schiff fundraising off this. But guess who else is fundraising off of this? Donald Trump. Donald Trump has gotten, in the 48 hours after the uh, indictment announcement, he got $5 million dollars. But in some cases, this is going to win red. And I don't like win red. I don't like Ronna McDaniel. And yet, somehow, Trump understands that he needs to play ball and get along with Ronna McDaniel. And so we'll see what happens there. It's an interesting dynamic to see what's playing out between DeSantis and Trump. Even though DeSantis has not... Uh, announced, uh, you're seeing these Trump ads really beating up on DeSantis in New York. MAGAPAC has nothing to do, we get a lot of emails, and MAGAPAC is not, uh, we're not producing those ads. Those are not connected with MAGAPAC.org. Just saying. Um, We're not getting in the middle of that. In fact, it's illegal for us. Because we're not allowed to endorse a candidate as a 501c3. We would have to be a 501c4 to do that. So again, if you want to make a donation over at MAGAPAC, what MAGAPAC is doing is pushing an agenda. And the agenda that we're pushing is America first policies to make America great again. Regardless of the candidate. We want 100 Trumps is what we want. We want to see 100 congressmen that are favorable to Donald Trump because we know that border security, strong military, and taking an anti-globalist position is the smart way to go. Smaller government, things like that. And better trade deals. 
unilateral trade deals, not these multinational trade deals, not globalism. We're anti-globalists. So that's what we stand for at, at magapac.org. And with that, it's a support, it's a donation vehicle for the kind of work that we're doing on this show and on Red State Talk Radio and across the board, wherever we go and wherever we're syndicated, uh, we, we try to do that. And we are syndicated. And we thank our syndication partners for that. So this woman writes, so according to our corrupt government, you can get indicted over a misdemeanor, sentenced to 10 years in prison over a meme, which is this guy who got sentenced for memes. But you can roam free for selling uranium to Russia, like Hillary did, inside trade like Pelosi as a member of Congress, then go rape kids on Epstein Island. And that's what's happening here. So Jesse Waters uh, came out with something last, you know, I think Friday or Thursday of last week that I wanted to play before our show ended, the last show. And um, I thought it was a pretty good open. And uh, we're going to get to some of our audio clips now because we have, I have this one that from Bill Barr today. Uh, Bill Barr spoke about this. Now, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not a big Bill Barr fan, and uh, not at all. But he said a bunch of things that I want to talk about today. And uh, we're going to get to that clip. That's gonna, we're going to save that for last. So stick with us on this. But we're going to go ahead and play this Jesse Waters clip. And this is just going to warm us up into this topic of the Trump indictment. So let's take a listen. Oops. That wasn't the right sound source. Here we go. For the first time in American history, a former president's been indicted. This day will go down as a dark day for America. President Trump's been indicted by New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg for a private civil settlement he made with a woman seven years ago. Bragg's star witnesses, Michael Cohen a convicted felon and disbarred lawyer, and Stormy Daniels, a porn actress who begged for hush money and worked with Michael Avenatti, another convicted felon who just so happened to get women to falsely accuse Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. So where's the crime? A lawyer settled a civil case with a woman? How many civil cases has Bill Clinton settled with women? How many civil cases have members of Congress settled with women? We were told by the Democrats in the media that your private life's your private life. Everything was consensual. Now all of a sudden consensual is a felony. And they're literally prosecuting the former president over sex. Sex which Donald Trump denies. He claims he was extorted. The left has been saying they want to get the government out of the bedroom. They just kicked down the bedroom door. This is a calculated move. Do you think Donald Trump be indicted if he wasn't running? Trump's poll numbers were looking good. And now Democrats will have the most famous photo of all time in their arsenal. Trump's mugshot. It'll be plastered on billboards, T-shirts, campaign ads, everywhere you look for the next two years. Mugshot will be front page every newspaper, lead story, every network, every cable show. Democrats are branding Trump as a criminal, along with the 74 million people who voted for him. They think the mugshot will scare you. They're wrong. This will light a fire inside every rational thinking American. A former president 
the biggest political threat to the current president, his opponent, has been indicted by a Democrat. President Trump released a statement saying this, quote, from the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who is handpicked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace. Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. Let's turn it over to Dan Bongino, host of Unfiltered on Saturday night. Dan, you're... Yeah, so, you know, what's interesting about that, okay, that piece right there, is the election interference is undeniable. And... We're going to get to this point when we listen to Bill Barr speak on Larry Kudlow's show. But um, what's interesting about this is this. This is classic election interference. Now, there's a lot of people, rhinos and, and Democrats, that think, for some reason, they think that... Uh, that Trump would be the better candidate that they should run against. That somehow DeSantis would be a more difficult challenge for them. And I don't think that at all. I think that the upside of Trump, from a sheer numbers perspective, is through the roof. So where you might get, you know, the Washingtonian elite to basically not want Trump as their nominee... I'm talking about the Republican elite. But the elite nonetheless, the Democrat elite, none of those elitists, whether it's a rhino elite, a Republican elite elitist, or a Democrat elitist who wants to go back to Washington the way it was. The problem is that they're looking at this from one way. They're saying, okay, well, this is going to make a martyr out of Trump. Everybody's going to want to wear that um, that indictment photo with Trump in a number, like Jean Valjean, Jean Valjean, and um, Jean Valjean, and uh, basically Les Mis. And I could just see this whole thing playing out. Remember when Hillary Clinton called us deplorables, and they started playing the theme from Les Mis, and. Everybody was a deplorable, and it really had it. It didn't work out too well for Hillary Clinton, did it? That's number one. Number two, what they want to do is they want to rile up a big chunk of the Trump base that annoys the rhino elitist when Trump needs both sides of the equation. But what they don't understand is that Trump holds Ronna McDaniel in the palm of his hand. The RNC is is basically, you know, leeching on to Trump. It's not Trump leeching on. I can think of a bunch of other metaphors to use there, but this would be the better one. Um, 
So the RNC is latched on to Trump. Trump is the biggest fish in the Republican Party for the first time. It was never the Bush dynasty that was bigger than the RNC. But the RNC showed a lot of favor to the Bushes. In this case, Trump is bigger than the RNC. And well, that's, that's the dynamic people don't understand. And so they think that somehow they're going to divide the Republican Party. But the Republican Party, like any party, the Democrat Party and every politician, sells out for money anyway. And Trump's the moneymaker. So the issue is, is that, you know how, like, if you go to a Trump rally, you get a lot of blue-collar people um, that just are out there. And the Washingtonian elites, the Republicans in, in the Beltway, roll their eyes and don't quite get it. They don't get flyover country. Why? Because Washington, D.C. is in a bubble. If there's a recession in middle America, Washington doesn't feel it because the government money just keeps on rolling in. And when there's uh, good times, the tax base is up and the Washingtonian elite benefit from higher taxes and bigger spending. So the Washington, Washington is immune to the natural, you know, natural economy because it's, it's in a bubble wrapped in socialism, spending other people's money and government tax dollars. These politicians never, ever spend a dime of their own money. They're always spending the government's money, which is your money. And it's pretty sad. Donald Trump came up with something as April Fool's Day, and I thought this was kind of something that you would want to hear, so here it is. I think of the United States every day as April Fool's Day. And they said, sir, what do you mean by that? I don't like the sound of that. I said, listen to this. And I just gave a couple of ideas. We have open borders when they should be closed. It's April Fool's Day. We have prisoners, people from, as we just said, mental institutions and terrorists being dumped into our country when they should not be accepted. April Fool's Day, right? Who would do that? Who would do this? Who would allow prisoners in? Biden. <laughs> he goes, Biden. <laughs> he said, Brandon. <laughs> You're both right. <laughs> I think of the United States. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Up is down, left is right. It's crazy. And people are fed up with it. I was watching C-SPAN. And callers were calling in. C-SPAN is a liberal show. The Washington Journal. And on C-SPAN. And listen to this. Indictment is a crock. The thing is that they are doing anything they can so that President Trump will not run again. The Democratic Party is afraid of him. So they are doing everything they can to try and make people dislike him and not do the good things he did for this country. All right. James, St. Augustine, Florida, Republican. Your take, James. Yeah, so uh, I'm just appalled by the ignorance of the callers who are supportive of uh, this indictment of Donald Trump. 
it, it's it's really a sad day in America. I feel like uh, this Trump derangement syndrome is very real, and they just go after him because they don't like him. And to me, I see it as the end of freedom, and I'm flying my flag at half-mast today. So the Democrats have uh, have finally done it after uh, <laughs> after years of being the bad guys in American history. They've finally done the ultimate and indicted a former president. Um, and and we're and we're supposed to believe. I, I guess the two star witnesses in this case are a porn star and a serial perjurer. Um, this is this is just as pathetic as the as the the Russia hoax. The Ukraine impeachment, the the January 6th fraud that we now know was an FBI operation. There were at least two dozen FBI agents there coercing people to go into the Capitol. Um, and, and we now have the receipts for that, thanks for the Twitter files, even though you guys haven't done an hour on that, even though that came out more than a month ago. But the fact is, is the Democrats have been trying to burn this country down ever since they lost the Civil War and had their slaves taken away from them. Um, I, the Republican Party should have dissolved the Democratic Party at the end of the Civil War. We would have never had the Klan in this country. We would have never had Jim Crow. And the, the Democrats wouldn't have been around in the 60s to get indoctrinated into communism, which is the news they've been following for the last 60 years. My God, that last guy speaking was so right on. And we're being led by a bunch of hippies. Our country in the last 20, 30 years has been really run by the LSD uh, uh, generation, the hippie generation, that are all elder, uh, older and elite. Uh, they've risen up the riven, you know, rode up the ranks and are the bosses. Um, you know, it's no wonder we have such a uh, kind of like a liberal concept and this indoctrination. I think that they are trying to tap into the young minds, and this is why you have this trans storytelling and all this stuff. You know, the... Uh, and, and Obama was a real wicked, wicked person. You know, ever since Obama got onto Netflix on the Netflix board and started really impacting Netflix programming, you start to see like every family and every show. There's uh, interracial. There's there's uh, LBGTQ. Uh, there's or trans. In in almost every one of these shows you watch, it's it's gone woke, and it's always been. You know, and Biden even jokes about it. It's like you never, you can't even see a commercial. There, there are no white people in commercials anymore, right? And when you when you think about it, you think, you know, like if you were to look at TV and if you were to look at Netflix and everything that Obama touches, um, you would think that somehow trans represents twenty five percent of the of the population of the United States, and that somehow. Uh, minorities represent 60% of the United States, and that's not even the case. I think black people represent 15, 13, I've heard 13, I'll say 15% of the United States. And it doesn't matter to me. I was listening to this um, Missouri uh, exchange in Missouri 
where two state representatives, black Democrat woman, asks the black Democrat Republican um, how he identifies. And he said, American. And she said, not African-American or not, you know, and just like Morgan Freeman said, you stop, you know, I don't want a Black History Month. You don't want a White History Month. You don't want a Jewish History Month to Mike Wallace. He said this. He said, you stop calling me a black man and I'll stop calling you a white man. And we'll just be Americans. And that really is the message. That's all the Republicans want is equality. But the Democrats don't want equality. Equality is not enough. They want equity. And equity is nothing but a redistribution of wealth, socialist, communist scheme, where only the select few at the very top elite can actually pick winners and losers. There's no competition anymore, especially in women's sports where they've allowed trans to ruin 40 years of progress in the women's athletics. Overnight, it's just destroyed. And I say, you know what? They can be athletes all they want, but have them start their own little freak show and nobody will watch it. No one's going to watch trans, uh, the Trans Super Bowl or the Trans World Series. No one's going to wa- watch the Trans Olympics. Nobody would ever watch that stuff. And then you'd see the true numbers. They'd have about 12 participants and zero audience. And then you'd see the true reality of things. But that's, uh, they'll never do that. So we got a couple of more things uh, to go through before we get to um, this main clip I want to play. But let's go ahead and take a listen to this guy. The Democrats have politicized and weaponized our justice system to go after their political enemies, of course. Well, I mean, it's this is not our parents or grandparents' Democrat party anymore. These are not liberals who love love America and believe and, uh, you know, just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. These are leftists. These are Marxists. These are people who don't believe in equality. They believe in equity. They don't believe in free speech. They believe in censorship. They don't believe in due process. They believe in me, too. We saw this same mindset that Nancy Pelosi is talking about during the Kavanaugh confirmation with me, too, that if, if you merely make an allegation against someone, even if it's 30 years ago when they're a teenager, they're guilty. And even if they prove their innocence, they're still guilty. This just shows the Democrats have politicized and weaponized our justice system to go after their political enemies. And they're showing that uh, very clearly with uh, Soros-funded Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's political prosecution against President Trump. Absolutely. And that's what I've been saying. I, I've said this um it's quite clear to me that uh, that the these DAs, Soros DAs, right? The Soros DAs not only fail to prosecute an army of criminals who kill Americans, but Soros DAs also refuse to investigate election fraud that benefits from Soros NGOs, non-government organizations, nonprofits, and his electronic voting machines. It's no wonder his Sololinsky disciples, Obama and Clintons, and the World Economic Forum partners, 
and you know these are all the Justin Trudeau's of the world and Biden's of the world exploited the COVID bioweapon to rig elections with blanket mail-in ballot mandates and restrictions and requirements and their army of ballot harvesters. Dissent was muzzled by masks and censorship and social distancing endorsed by woke corporations who benefited from the climate initiatives like the Paris Agreement to redistribute manufacturing away from the West towards slave labor in China and India. This attack on humanity was forged out of a greed, out of greed sponsored by the profits from cheap labor, vaccines, and electric vehicle mandates. Their ad dollars controlled their corporate media Trump their ad dollars controlled their corporate media and Trump was their wake wake up call to roll out the evil plan sooner than later giving up control was never an option for them never an option and that's what's in play and i said this the paris agreement is just another way for super wealthy globalists and multinational corporations to profit from slave labor in china and in india by designating those two countries developing nation status, delaying their regulations on carbon emissions like COVID, like with COVID, it redistributes wealth to the elite. And that's what it is. Democrats have wasted no time with their attacks on America. Shame on Democrat voters who are ignorant enough to support Joe Biden globalism open borders, transgender storytelling to our children, inflation, Taliban in Afghanistan, Ukraine corruption, FTX, and even tragedies like East Palestine. While Biden and the American military continue to support the Nazi administration in Ukraine in a war that creates wealth for the military-industrial complex and the corrupt politician to refuse to audit Ukraine Ukrainian funding, while embracing DEI and ESG initiatives that perpetuate global slave labor markets and draconian regulations, China and Russia are forging ahead with BRICS that has now surpassed G7 and Russia, whose GDP has surpassed Germany. And then TikTok. To be clear, I don't support TikTok and never ever used it. However, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. It's it's hypocrisy to listen to the politicians, to them, attack TikTok when politicians and their government agencies have done far worse to its own citizens by spying, incarcerating, and censoring using their American-established social and corporate media partners. They are only threatening a TikTok ban so they can get paid not to ban them at all. They want to get in on that CCP action. It has nothing to do with national security. It has more to do with election outcomes. In fact, TikTok recently hired a pro-Biden PR firm to run its advertising campaigns and work on its uh, imaging. Meanwhile, China and France complete first yuan settled liquid national gas liquid liquid national natural gas 
trade signaling the end of the using the U.S. dollar for their uh, these energy trades. And Biden's DHS, Mayorkas, has partnered with Apple and Google app stores to support the voter registration data collection illegal migration app, CBP-1, that speeds migration of illegal slave workers to the U.S. The app will be collected, will the app, the app data will be collected by voter registration their ballots will be mailed indiscriminately and collected over the course of 30 days by ballot harvesters. Mules will deliver the ballots into drop-off boxes to be counted as needed after Election Day. Results are tallied. This will all be paid for by corporations and their corporate media fake news partners who benefit from the cheap labor and cartel lobbyists in the form of campaign donations to politicians who support open borders and relaxed investigations by Soros DAs and investigators. And now they're even going one further. They're trying to take out political adversaries and opponents. So this kid makes a really good um, argument about guns. He says this, My teacher said guns kill people. You hear that? My teacher said guns kill people, he said. And then he said, I told her my pencil failed my last exam. Ha ha. Ba-doom, boom. Right? That's, how that, that's a pretty good point he makes. It says, breaking, a partner from a law firm that represents the DNC and is suing Donald Trump over January 6th on behalf of Democrats in Congress was just arrested for possessing massive amounts of child porn. You know who posted that? The Department of Justice. And Last Refuge says, we are on a wartime footing now. We are on a wartime footing. That's why when I was listening to Mark Levin, he had such a passive little view on things. And I'm just thinking to myself, we're on a war footing and you want to you know, engage peacefully. It's not going to work. I don't think it, at some point, I think physical violence begets physical violence. I don't know when that is, and I don't want it to get to that point. But at some point, there is this threshold where no amount of diplomacy in the world is ever going to get these monsters from and these tyrannical leaders from doing the right thing until they get punched in the face. You know, that's the only way they're going to stop. Slapping them on the wrist and not giving them any jail time you know, with this corrupt justice system that we have that's stacked up against Republicans. At some point, it's like, you're going to arrest me for breaking the law? How about I break some doggone laws, right? How about I break some faces? You know, I mean, at some point, you're going to arrest me for a hangnail? You're going to arrest Trump for what? This? You know, you should see what I could really do if I really put my mind to it, right? At some point, Americans are going to give our government a reason to think that there's an insurrection going on. Not a fake one run by the FBI, but a real one. You know, with real guns. You know, on J6, there was no guns. Not, not one gun was picked up. The only people that got shot and killed were the Trump supporters. 
at the hands of an FBI operation. And you're you're damned if you question the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, give me a break. You know, FBI counterterrorism here unit has arrested a Virginia grandma on four misdemeanors for entering the Capitol with her elderly mother for 15 minutes on January 6th. And this just happened. This was dated, this warrant was received on March 29th, 2023. Just last week. Give me a break. All right, so we have a couple of um, uh, uh, clips that I want to play. I'm going to play this latest one right here. This is a kind of like a, a heads up of what's about to happen today and tomorrow. So let's take a listen to this. Well, good morning. Yeah, former President Trump is planning a quick round trip to New York, then right back to Florida, writing on social media that he's going to leave Mar-a-Lago again at noon today before being formally arrested tomorrow. He adds there, America was not supposed to be this way. Now, this follows Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's 34-count indictment against the former president. That indictment does remain sealed, so we don't know the specific charges. According to the Associated Press and their sources, though, this includes at least one felony. Trump's attorney said yesterday that he expects to make a motion to dismiss. We will take the indictment. We will dissect it. Um, the team will look at every every um, potential issue that we, we will be able to challenge, and we will challenge. And, of course, I very much anticipate a motion to dismiss coming because there's no law that fits this. Now, for days, groups of mostly supporters have been rallying around Mar-a-Lago. Um, at the same time, the New York Police Department, they've been installing these barricades outside of the Manhattan courthouse. The department says that officers have been placed on alert and are ready to respond in the event of protests. At the same time, the former president's lawyers may be gearing up for a challenge to a move that could potentially bar the former president from talking about the case. The Daily Mail cited an unnamed source in reporting, quote, the Trump legal team now thinks that the Manhattan judge will take the unprecedented step of silencing the presidential frontrunner with an unconstitutional gag order tomorrow. Breaking the order could trigger a fine of $1,000 and a prison sentence of as much as 30 days. Now, Fox News has not independently confirmed uh, this, but if a gag order were to be put into place, that could disrupt a speech that the former president intends to make tomorrow night after returning to Mar-a-Lago. Steve Ainsley Bryan. That's right. Alexandria, thank yeah, you very the much. Gag so, order is... uh, the pres former president said yesterday that he would make a speech tomorrow at 8.15 after he is arrested and arraigned here in New York City. But if there is a gag order, wonder what will happen because... So we had a, we, you know, the gag order would be sort of unconstitutional, in my opinion. Um, they brought this on themselves. And so let's take a listen to uh, what his lawyer says, uh, um, Tacopino, Joe, Joe Tacopino. Well, then, I mean, in theory, it should be like the hundreds of other arraignments I've done in that building over the course of my career, which is you walk in, you see a judge, um, you plead not guilty, uh, you set a schedule, um, and, and you leave. Uh, obviously, this is different. Um, this has never happened before. Uh, I've never had Secret Service involved in an arraignment before at 100 Center Street. So um, the answer to that question, uh, Dan, is I honestly don't know how this is going to go, hopefully as smoothly as possible. And then we begin the, uh, the battle to right this wrong because it's a, it's a really, it's a day that, in my opinion, the rule of law in the United States has died. We're going to get to that in a second, but just on the, on the logistics, do you know what time it starts? 
You know, it, nothing's been nailed down yet. Okay. Um, I think that's going to happen tomorrow, but I think sometime in the afternoon. Will there be a perp walk? You said you've done many of these before. Most of them do have perp walks. Not really. Not in a case like this. Um, but, you know, look, I anticipate them trying to get every ounce of publicity out of this uh, that, they think, that they can get. Um, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen again. Secret Service is yeah. involved. Um, so well, hopefully this will be as, as painless and classy as possible for a situation like this, which I don't even know really what brings us here. But that's a different story. Some, some of, the, of the basics are, as you said, um, you know, necessary as part of this process. Mugshot. Will, we, will he have to take a mugshot? Again, Dana, you're asking me questions know. that I just, this okay. is not normal operating procedure. Yeah, it's all up in the air. All the all the Tuesday stuff is still very much up in the air, Got other it. than the fact that we will very loudly and proudly say not guilty. Well, you're you're in a, a very uh, seasoned attorney, so presumably your strategy is not up in the air. So let's talk about what you're thinking about no. when it comes to the legal strategy once Donald Trump is arraigned. Are you going to move to dismiss the case right off the bat in the arra- arraignment? And if so, on what grounds? No, not, we're not doing anything at the arraignment because that would be showmanship and nothing more because we haven't even seen the indictment yet. Um, you know, we will take the indictment. We will dissect it. Um, the team will look at every every um, potential issue that we, we will be able to challenge, and we will challenge. And, of course, I very much anticipate a motion to dismiss coming because there's no law that fits this. And you have a situation where, you know, the federal government, the Department of Justice, turned this matter down. Um, the FEC, which governs, uh, federal election uh, laws said there's no violation here. Yet somehow a state prosecutor has taken a a misdemeanor and tried cobbled together to make it a felony by alleging a violation of federal federal uh, campaign violations. Well, and the FEC said it doesn't exist. Right. Let me ask you about that because you mentioned it. You're, you've been talking a lot about the FEC and federal um, investigations and, and allegations, investigations, I, I should say, that didn't end up in an indictment on the federal level. But we haven't seen the specifics, and we should say that over and over again. This is still under seal, this indictment. But because it is um, on a local level, on a state level, presumably this will be focused on those issues where he allegedly broke the law there, whether it becomes an issue of uh, trying to defraud a business or, yeah. s- or something along those lines. Not necessarily yeah. at the FEC and things that you're discussing. No, no. No, no. No, it can't, it can't be. This, this was a federal presidential election. The allegation here in some Twilight Zone sort of scenario is that he settled the civil case six years earlier. Something that happens, by the way, all the time. A civil case was settled with confidentiality agreements between a lawyer that was representing him, and a lawyer representing the Stormy Daniels. They, Trump didn't even sign that settlement agreement, so they signed it. Um, the lawyer financed it, subsequently gave him a host of invoices for legal services over the course of a year. Um, they were recorded. But understand, here's the key distinction, Dana. They were recorded in their entries. They were never filed anywhere. They were never filed with the IRS. They never took a tax deduction, and they were never filed with the FEC because they weren't required to. This was a personal expenditure, not a campaign expenditure. Had it been a campaign expenditure, he would have used campaign funds. And then, of course, we'd be talking about here today 
the outrage that Donald Trump used campaign funds for a personal expenditure, right. they'd be baying for his scalp. It's a completely upside-down world. So he's damned if he didn't, damned if he didn't. So those are misdemeanors, by the way, the, the record entries, which don't exist. They're not false entries. But assuming they were, they're misdemeanors way beyond the statute of limitations. Uh, so they had to cobble them together to try and get a felony. I'm going to speak to Michael Cohen's attorney next. He says that there is actual evidence that your client, the former president, Participa participated in falsifying business records. Have you seen any such evidence? <clears throat> I know there's no such evidence. I mean, look, Michael Cohen's lawyer is spinning Michael Cohen's side. Michael Cohen is a pathological convicted liar, perjury. He's lied to banks, the IRS, Congress. Now he's saying he lied to the FEC when he sent that letter saying there was no campaign violation. I heard him on CNN the other day saying that when he pled guilty under oath, when he became a new man, um, he really wasn't guilty. He was forced to plead guilty. So that's perjury, if that's now true. Um, he, he's someone who's constitutionally incapable of telling the same story the same way twice. So I'm not really worried about what Michael Cohen is saying on this. The records and the facts will speak for themselves. Okay, I want to ask about the judge that we believe is going to preside over the uh, arraignment. The former president, your client, was lashing out against him. Uh, his well, there he says that the judge... Uh, he thinks the judge will be fair, but uh, Trump already said that the judge, he doesn't think the judge can be fair. You know, I want to apologize uh, for not being able to play the Bill Barr uh, audio. We're going to play that tomorrow um, the, the, because I have a lot to say about this Bill Barr thing. He basically thinks this is, you know, everything you, you, you think, which is, uh, that this is unprecedented and uncalled for and bad for our country. Um, but he also makes the argument that he thinks that uh, that, uh, that that there's people in play here that want to see Trump win the nomination uh, so that they could run against Trump because they think that running against Trump would be easier than running against uh, anybody else. And see, I don't think that's true. And I think Hillary Clinton made that mistake. And I think Joe Biden just cheated. Uh, there's no no two ways about that. Um, so it'll be you know it'll be interesting to to listen to this and analyze what Bill Barr says tomorrow. And we're going to do that. I'm going to just leave it up and cue it, and, and we're going to listen to that and analyze that. But. Uh, it is interesting times what we're going through, folks. I mean, this is tough times, and we just got to keep our heads straight, head uh, wrapped on straight, and uh, be smart about everything that we do, and realize we're in a war footing, and this is a real challenge of our lifetime. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Our parent company to that is buglecall.org, buglecall.org. Also, use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.